Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Welcome back. Our special guest today is Carl Swanepoel, coming to us all the way from South Wales in the UK, the mother country, as we might sometimes call it, from Australia. And today, Carl's going to talk to us about the top five tips for starting a business. But let me share some information about Carl before we get going on that. Carl is a tech entrepreneur in the UK. He's the CEO and founder of Revelancer, a platform that aims to help independent professionals and freelancers barter skills to build their service businesses. At the age of 15, he became the youngest ever brand ambassador for Britain's largest business conference, The Business Show, where he delivered a keynote speech at the 2018 show held in London's Excel Centre. Revelancer started when Carl won a startup competition at, goodness, Aberystwyth University. I got that wrong. But anyway, that university securing a seed grant for Revelancer. As part of this, Carl has also won the Engineers in Business Fellowship funded grant for which he was then a national finalist. Within a few months, £150,000 in pre-seed funding was secured from SFC Capital. Today, he's leading an energetic and passionate team to take Revelancer to the next level. Carl Swanepoel continues to lead Revelancer and is dedicated to creating a more promising future for flexible work. Sounds great. Welcome, Carl. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. So, as I said at the top, we're here to talk about the top five tips for starting a business. Tip number one, let's go. What have you got? Yeah, so, I mean, tip number one is really starting with the problem. Um, I think, you know, so 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 often people think about starting a business as, you know, think coming up with an idea, then building the idea, and then um, trying to get people to, you know, buy uh, the, the the product or you know use the product or whatever um, and that's how I approached it at the beginning frankly I, I think now knowing everything that I, that I have learned since that that is the wrong approach and then actually we really shouldn't be thinking about uh, businesses as coming up with an idea but really we should think about um, the problem that we are looking to solve and really identifying and understanding that problem because so many businesses fail because someone has a great idea, they build that great idea, but then realize that, well, actually, either that problem doesn't exist for enough people, or maybe that problem exists, but people aren't that bothered by it that they want to pay for the solution or use a complicated solution to it. Um, there are so many reasons. Maybe something else already exists that solves the problem even better. So, you know, the, and, and if at this point you've already invested a lot of time, money, resources into developing your idea and kind of getting your business started, then um, it could be, uh, you know, a complete waste. So that's why I think it's really best to start by identifying a problem and then work with people who actually have that problem to come up with the solution in a way where they would want to pay for the solution and use the the solution um, in, you know, in, 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 in the way that, that you want them to and in a way where you are uh, producing something that is better than other uh, kind of existing solutions to that that problem, um, if, if there are any. So, um, like I said, this is not how, how I started out, but this is absolutely the approach that I use now. So give, give us an example, uh, Carl. Can you help us help me understand um, what's, a, what's a problem? Give us a recent case study. 
Sure. I mean, so a, a problem, for example, in in my case um, with Revelancer is that pretty much all of the large freelancing platforms, the way they operate is they take a large commission fee. Um, so they can take, uh, you know, e even up to 25% of every single transaction. And in order to protect that, they uh, make sure that you can't email or video call or communicate outside of the platform with the client or, or the freelancer, you know, with whoever you connect with on that platform. Um, and I identified that as a problem that I had as a freelancer myself. Um, so I went out to, to build a solution to it, which was wrong because I didn't really validate that problem and speak to other freelancers. But, um, you know, I, I kind of got lucky in the sense that actually many other freelancers experienced that same problem and want to do something about it. But that was a luck. That wasn't skill. Um, but moving forward, you know, now I, I take a different approach, um, where I, I really validate the, the problem first. Okay. So. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, we'll talk about Revelance in a minute because I think it's an interesting idea, particularly the bartering. And, and then I'm intrigued to know about your revenue model, but we can come back to that later. Um, so we've we've dealt with starting with a problem. What's tip number two for starting a business? Sure. Um, so the second one is to adopt an MVP mindset. And MVP stands for Minimum Viable Product um, and, and, uh, and kind of iterating quickly. And essentially, the thinking there is that um, you need to build your kind of minimum to the, the problem as quickly as possible, put it out there, get people testing it, using it, and then iterate, you know, improve it, cha change it up, change it up based on feedback. Um, and you want to use that approach. So there's a great Reed Hoffman quote, and I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing it ever so slightly, I, I think, but he says something along the lines of... Um, if you are not morbidly embarrassed by your first product or solution, then you've waited too long to launch. Um, and Reid Hoffman is, of course, the founder of LinkedIn. Um, yeah. So he's a, he's a very, very successful guy. Um, so really just adopting this, this MVP mindset, you know, um, there's another way of thinking about it. And that's kind of uh, scoring things as uh, on an impact versus effort scale, and then really prioritizing the things that are low effort to do but um, potentially high impact. Um, so if you have that uh, philosophy with building your, your product or service and just your business in general, then I think it puts you in a really good position. Okay, so that's not the most valuable player, the MVP that, uh, that we hear. Uh, <laughs> because when I, read the, when I read the tips and you send them through, I went, MVP, what's that got to do with this? I mean, so, so you're really talking of like a proof of concept, uh, you know, yeah. um, and 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 I saw that some of your correspondents still had the word beta in your your URL. So, you know, you're obviously going through that reiteration phase on your own product. Absolutely, yes, absolutely, and it's something you know which we will will always do. You know, kind of keep iterating the product based on on feedback. But essentially, uh, you know, especially early on, this is something that you can really do a lot, and and you should do a lot. So you you know build the ideal solution for your your um, audience okay well um, let's go uh on to tip number three what have you got sure um so when you're starting out uh you should say yes to as many things as possible because when you're just starting out you have um well probably more time um than than you will do later on um, and th this is really the time to say yes to different opportunities and take bigger risks. Because if your business has existed for 
one week or you've kind of you know been been thinking about it for for one week and kind of been been starting out at that point if it goes south and it doesn't really work well you haven't really lost much so this is the time where you can take really kind of big risks um and really try as many opportunities as as you can um with with well frankly minimal risk because what's the worst thing that can happen you know um so this is as as you go on um it's you know that there'll be more and more things that you just cannot say yes to and eventually you'll be in a position where you have to say no to um you know almost everything but at the beginning it's really important to just say yes to as many uh, opportunities as possible it's an interesting one um i i could see that um that that could be fraught with danger uh saying yes you, you could you could get in some rabbit holes i suspect what what's the chances of running off the rails by saying yes to too many things well i i think you know there has to be an, an element of common sense it's it's a uh, not just saying yes to anything but you know kind of if there is an opportunity like maybe you've been um you know you you can give a presentation at uh at an event or something you know go go for that you can apply for an award mm-hmm. go for that um you know if if you have a chance to to pitch to an investor or something go go for that just try like all all of these different things uh maybe if you can take on an intern go for that like you know just just say yes to all these opportunities you can learn as much as possible get as much exposure as possible and um and you know potentially like one one of these thing these things or a few of these things will really help you a lot down down the line um so when when you're kind of time rich at the beginning um you know try and do as as many uh, interesting things as possible that will benefit your business okay so let me ask you a question um there seems to have been recently a prevalence the last couple of years of hackathons pitch fests and obviously you started out winning a a a grant for your business in a startup competition um has it almost become commercialized i know that's a weird way of, of looking at it but but you know it, it is it a is it a case that that everybody's going mad on these pitch fests and it's becoming very hard to to distinguish your your concept your proof of concept anymore yes i think in in, in a lot of ways yes um for for that initial and it was for for 13000 pounds um i a lot harder to uh kind of you know um raise that secure that than i i have you know to secure much larger amounts since because the level of competition is is just so much higher um but i think it's also a really good test because ultimately whether you win the, an event like that or not is is less important because you know you're going to make it work one way or another um but what you actually learn from um you know getting uh, your business in, into you know just from uh, applying and entering an event like that the stuff you learn is so valuable so i'd say you know it's not so much about winning it's it's more about going for it but ultimately there are always ways you can differentiate yourself um you know and there are ways to you know think things you can do like sort of researching who you're up against seeing what they're they're strong in um you know seeing what what they're weak in and then using that to um make yourself stand out better okay now just i'm i'm coaching a few companies and 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 they are going into all these pitch fests and and every week they're telling me they're doing another pitch in this place another pitch in this place and i'm going 
it, it just has become this mushroom cloud of <laughs> of of people competing for all this money. So, Carl, tell us what's your tip number four for starting a business. Sure. So this is uh, one of the sayings that I I um absolutely abide by quite religiously, which is um, always try to be the dumbest person in the room. And by dumb there, I don't mean unintelligent. But what I mean is, I want to be surrounded by by people who are much better at what they do than I am in that field. So for example, um, if I want to work with a developer, they need to be a much better developer than, than me. Or, you know, if I want to work with a, with a great, with a salesperson, they need to be much better at sales than, than me. Um, and ultimately, I, I think that's a great way to, um, get further in business because it means you'll hire really good people for your team. Um, and it also means you'll work with, with advisors, you know, like, and, and mentors, you know, you are kind of aware that you don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. Um, but you can learn from people who have, um, you know, kind of gotten a lot of experience in, in a certain area um, and then really use that to, to your advantage. So, um, yeah, that's something that I, I really live by. I love it. That's a great idea. Uh, okay, round us off. Bring us home. Tip number five to, for starting a business. Sure. So the last one is higher, slow, fire, fast, um, which is uh, I, I, uh, I forgot who said that originally. It wasn't me. Um but it's a really, really great saying, um, and it's something that I, I really live by too. So, um, you know, f- first of all, with hiring slow, it's really important to, you know, to build the right kind of initial team, especially. Um, there's another saying that, uh, you know, that I think is definitely true, which is one wrong hire in your first 10 hires can absolutely kill the whole company. Um, so what you need to do is really evaluate people very carefully and think very carefully, not just scale for the sake of scaling the, the team, um, but really be very kind of considered about it and, and slow. Um, and then the second that you identify that someone is the wrong fit, um, removing them quickly because someone who's the wrong fit can tangle the company. They can, um, you know, they, they can affect other people work, working for you in a negative way. Um, so if you accidentally hire someone who's the wrong fit, which I have absolutely done my, myself as well, then you just need to get rid of them as quickly as possible. So, Carl, one of the challenges that business owners are facing today is a real shortage of good, qualified people. Since COVID, um, everyone seems to have lost interest in work. So what if you you desperately need someone and, you know, the not quite right candidate is available? What do you do there? Um, I suppose it depends on, on exactly what they do. I think one, one other approach could be um, hiring them as, as a freelancer, as, as like a contractor, because then, um, you know, it's kind of they can provide a service. You pay them for that service. If the service is not satisfactory, then it's easier to not work with them again in the future. Um, so that that could be a way. Um, ultimately, I think it's it's important to really consider carefully whether you need that person right this instant, or if you could maybe afford to wait one one or two weeks longer, and then maybe have a, a, a better selection. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a real tricky one. I was talking to someone the other day at a conference, and he was really bemoaning the fact he had to hire an engineer. There was 
absolutely, you know, no one really, really suitable. I took this guy, he said, it's the worst possible hire. Anyway, it's a challenge, isn't it? Okay. Um, one of my jobs on this uh, podcast is to keep us to time, and we are almost out of time. Should our listeners want to get in touch with you and, uh, you know, find out more about how to start a business or maybe kickstart their own business, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So if you look up my name on, on LinkedIn, that's probably the best way. Um, and I've also got my uh, email address on my personal site, uh, which is carlswanapple.com. If you just Google me, it'll come up as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Carl. Uh, thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams, coming to us from Brisbane, Australia, to our guest, Carl Swanapple from uh, somewhere in Wales. And you said near Cardiff. We'll just leave it at that. And this is Railbricker. This is Railbricker signing off from from Perth, Western Australia, for another edition of the Top Five Podcast.